And what is up, everyone? You're listening to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast for Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020. And I'm Chip, and I'm your host, and thank you so much for listening today. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for joining us as well. If you'd like to share our podcast, you can find us over on Apple and Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. If you'd like to watch us, you can watch us over on YouTube at Gridiron Fantasy Football. So please support the show. Hit subscribe. Hit the bell so you don't miss any more episodes. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about all my top waiver wire pickups for week nine. But before we get into that, we're going to get into some of the news that took place on Monday. And it's big news. And to start off, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport has reported that George Kittle will miss extended a period of time due to a foot fracture he sustained in Sunday's game against the Seahawks. Now, there hasn't been any you know, clarification on what type of foot injury that he had. Now, there's two different types of foot fractures you can have. There's a Jones fracture, which is similar to what Debo Samuel had, which was able to return within the six to eight week mark. And then there's a Lindsfrake fracture, which is a little more serious. That takes a little more time to heal and recover from. My guess is, obviously, he's not going to play the rest of the season. He will be out for the remainder of the season, uh, not just for fantasy, but for the 49ers in general. So big hit to the 49ers offense. If you have him on fantasy, it's safe to drop him. He is not coming back. And then at the quarterback position, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's going to be out for an indefinite amount of time. Adam Schefter reported that he has a high ankle sprain and he could have surgery on it. It's still yet to be determined about that, but it looks like he could be out for the remainder of the season as well. So a big blow to the 49ers offense. Just a big blow in general because you got Debo Samuel out. You got Jeff Wilson Jr. out. You know, Tevin Coleman goes out on Sunday. You know, you're, it's just, and now Raheem Mostert's on IR. Like, it's just a lot of players that are going down. So the 49ers are just in dire need of, of health, and hopefully they'll get some players healthy where they can have a hopeful, you know, hopeful rest of the season, but big hits to their offense. And then going to Jacksonville. Now, we know that Garden Minshew, is dealing with a thumb injury. So reports came out last week that he's dealing with some fractures in his thumb. And it looks like, based on what Adam Schefter's reporting, is that six-round rookie Jake uh, Lutton is going to be the one who's going to start on Sunday. So it's not going to be Mike Glennon, which is surprising. It looks like they're going with a rookie um, against the Texans. So that's going to be a very interesting thing to look at going forward. And last, Browns head coach Kevin Stavansky has reported that Austin Hooper should be good to go for Week 10 against the Texans. You know, we all know that he had an appendectomy before week seven, and it took a couple of weeks for him to heal up, but it looks like he's good to go, which obviously will take, uh, he'll take the starting position back from Harrison Bryant and David Njoku. So it's good that he's having a good recovery and that he'll be back for week 10 because they desperately will need him. Uh, but that's, that's the main news that happened uh, on Monday, but let's go into some of the, the recap of Monday Night Football. And to be honest with you, man, I'm surprised the Bucks won this game. This game was ugly from the start. They won this game 25 to 23 to go to the six and two. But if it was for Daniel Jones missing a bunch of wide open players and for the turnovers that, you know, Daniel Jones was committing on, on Monday night, this was a, this could have been a bad game for the Bucks, a bad loss if the Bucks could not get anything going on defense and offense, because that game, they were up 14 to three and the Giants were, and it was looking like. The Bucs were going to have another fail on primetime. I absolutely hate when the Bucs play on primetime. You know, me and my buddy always joke around and we always, you know, 
you know, we text back and forth during the game and say, oh, there goes the primetime Bucks." I mean, the Bucks for some reason, cannot get it done on primetime. They're lucky they got it done against the Giants team that obviously had the opportunity to beat the Bucks. They were playing great on defense. They were obviously doing well on offense. They had a good game plan against the Bucks. A lot of wide open receivers were missed by Daniel Jones. I mean, I'm lucky that the Bucks won this game, but overall, it was just an ugly win. And I hate that this generally happens to a lot of good teams where they play down to their talent level of the team that they're playing. And I don't think the Giants are, are a bad team. I think they're they have a, obviously they have it was Saquon Barkley and IR. They're dealing with a lot of injuries, but I do think that they're a team that they have a couple pieces that they are missing that could potentially be a, a team that's not too far away from being competitive, but. You know, it's they're still an NFL team, and I think the Bucks are just overlooking the Giants and thinking about Sunday night football against the Saints. But uh, just overall, just you know, a bad game. Got a couple of good pieces here. You know, Tom Brady had two touchdown passes. He had 279 yards passing, so not a bad game from Tom Brady from a fancy standpoint. You know, Daniel Jones he did have two touchdowns, but he also had two interceptions. He was sacked three times, so definitely not. You know, definitely not a a great fancy outing for Daniel Jones. And then when it comes to the Bucks and the rushing, the Leonard Fournette led the backfield with 15 rushes for 52 yards. You know, Ronald Jones in the beginning of the game, he caught a ball, fumbled, and you didn't see him for the rest of the first half. So Leonard Fournette was the guy that was out there and he got the majority of the carries. You know, he outsnapped Ronald Jones last week and this week he obviously played more than, you know, than Ronald Jones. So I think it was the fumble that was more of an indication of him being benched, but it's starting to look like that Leonard Fournette's can start getting more, more of the snaps. Um, and then on the New York side of the ball, Wayne Gallman, he was the one who led with 12 carries for 44 yards and a touchdown. So we did see Deion Lewis have a touchdown on the backfield, but Wayne Gallman led the whole backfield in carries, but also in snap count. We know that Devontae Freeman was out, but something to monitor when it comes to waiver wire pickups only because, you know, you really don't know exactly if, well, obviously if, Devontae Freeman's out, you're going to play Wayne Gallman if you need a like a desperate play. I don't think it's someone you could play. I think you can add him to your roster. But unless you're dealing with a lot of injuries and bye weeks, I mean, you're, you really are not going to play Gallman. So I think that he could be a guy you could add, but um, one of those guys that is just a wait and see because they did add Alfred Morris as well. So uh, just an ugly mess in the New York backfield. And when it comes to the you know receiving for this game, you know, Mike Evans, he had a decent game, five catches for 55 yards and a touchdown. He had seven targets. Kind of a disappointing game. You know, he had a good game PPR-wise, but I was expecting more from this game based on the matchup. He was the guy that obviously, you know, you weren't really competing with Chris Godwin or even Antonio Brown this game, but I would expect a more of a dominant game from Mike Evans. He did have a decent game overall, but I was expecting more from him. You know, Gronk had a good game. He had four catches for 41 yards and a touchdown. And then on the New York side of the ball, Sterling Shepard, great game from him. You know, I think he had eight receptions for 74 yards and 10 targets. And then you had Evan Ingram had another, you know, he added five for 61 and 10 targets. So not a bad game, you know, from those two when it comes from PPR standpoint. Golden State, he did have the touchdown, but he only had two receptions. And Darius Slayton, he was five for 56, but there were multiple times, like I said in the beginning of this recap, is that Daniel Jones missed him on a lot of wide open touchdown he I mean the dean the bucks cornerback was getting burnt all night and it was just a matter of time that they were going to connect and unfortunately it, it didn't work that way but 
Um, overall, it was just like I said. It I played the Bucks defense in my in my fantasy league. Like I had them, and I'm lucky that my win was already there because the Bucks had some good. They had a couple interceptions, obviously. They had a couple sacks, but just uh, a, a a team that has a defense like they do, you wouldn't expect them to give up what they given up. You know, against a team like the you know the, the Giants who are missing a lot of components when it comes to like obviously your 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 playmaker Saquon Barkley. So just uh, like I said, just an ugly game overall, but the Bucks get the win and that's what's important. So now they have to go on to the Saints, but now it's time to go into all the top waiver wire pickups for week nine. And I'm going to start, start off at the quarterback position and I'm doing this and this, when I start off with the quarterback position, I just want to preference that this is only for two quarterback leagues because these two names are names that won't make you throw up in your mouth, but they're names that you have to say. Because if you're in a two quarterback league and you're on bye weeks and you have injuries, you have to make an effort to get these guys. You know, so the first guy that I'm going to bring up is Nick Mullins. You know, Nick Mullins doesn't do a bad job when he goes into, you know, when he starts for the 49ers, he actually does pretty good. So he's definitely not a bad option if you're someone who's dealing with the Jimmy Garoppolo injury um, or anything else, or you have bye weeks. He's a guy that you just have to add, you know, he's going to be the starter going forward. So he's definitely a player that you need to consider if you're def- desperately needing a quarterback. And then my second quarterback is Jake Lutton. Now, if you just need a week nine fill-in, he's a guy that you could try to play. I have known nothing about him other than he's a six-round pick. He's from Oregon State. Obviously, was, there's no you know preseason to kind of see how we did. But if he's starting over Mike Glennon, my guess is that he obviously has some upside. But this is a guy that you can add if you need a spot start for week nine, but definitely not a name that you're going to grab if you don't need to. Now going on to the running back position, a few names here. I think that this guy is, J.K. Dobbins is my first guy on the list. Now this is not in order of importance. This is just guys that I've listed. Um, J.K. Dobbins, you know, he's 49% owned. He had a very good game yesterday. He had over 100 yards on the ground. He got the majority of the carries. Um, he had 50, he played 54 of the snap, 54 snaps yesterday compared to Gus Edwards, 26 snaps. You know, Gus Edward is next on my list. He is owning 5% of leagues. I think as long as Mark Ingram out is out, this is going to be a one, two punch for the Baltimore Ravens. So I do think that you, you have a better chance of getting Gus Edwards than you do JK Dobbins just because of the ownership. But these are two guys that you could play in your flex based on their usage um, and then going on to my next running back is Damian Harris. Now he is owning 31% of leagues. He had a good game on Sunday. He had 16 carries for 102 yards and a touchdown. You know, they play the Jets on Monday night. So a, a decent matchup there. You know, he's gained a lot of the carries. He is the, the guy that um, they're going to on the ground. So this is a team that needs playmakers. And Damian Harris is at least a one of those bright spots on the Patriots offense. So he's a guy that you could you should consider. And then Jamichael Hasty, he was a waiver a waiver wire ad last week, um, but he's still only 46, 40, 46% owned. On Sunday, he was 12 for 29 and a touchdown. So not a big game, but I do think that he will get more carries going forward. I mean, it's him and Jerick McKinnon right now because Tevin Coleman's out. Jeff Wilson Jr. is out. You know, so it's one of those things where you kind of have to look at this and there's opportunity there. If you need someone to be in your flex, like I said, a bi-week fill-in, Jamichael Hasty's there. And then my next running back is Zach Moss. He's owning 30, 36% of leagues. 
Uh, now, he is definitely starting to play a little bit more than Devin Singletary. Not by much. On Sunday, he played 31 snaps. Devin Singletary played 28 snaps. They both had 14 carries. Now, they both had similar yardage. Zach Moss had the two touchdowns. And for the season, Zach Moss is actually getting more carries inside the five-yard line. Zach Moss is getting six carries. Devin Singletary is getting three carries inside the five. So I do think that's that that plays an important role on who you should have. And I do think that since Zach Moss is more of an all you know all-purpose back, I do think that Zach Moss will be the every down starter with Devin Singletary coming in, you know, in third down roles and situational roles and roles. But I do think that Zach Moss is going to start becoming the starter for the Bills. And then our week one darling, Naheem Hines, he's next on my list. He is now 35% owned. He was dropped after a lot of a lot of bad weeks. Um, but he had a good game. He had three receptions for 54 yards and two touchdowns. And he added backflips to that. So that's even on the backflips alone, he should be added to your roster based on that. Um, I think that's uh, it's always fun to see players do that. I always get nervous they're going to injure themselves doing backflips. But um, I do think that Naheem, Naheem Hines is a good guy to add to your flex. Now, also, I'm adding Jordan Wilkins to this list. He's only 1%, 1% owned. But the weird thing about this, he had 20 carries for 89 yards and a touchdown. Now, I was wondering what the heck was going on with Jonathan Taylor because I own him in my dynasty league and he was doing nothing on Sunday. And come to find out that he's dealing with some type of ankle injury. Still don't know the severity of it, but that will give you a reason why Jonathan Taylor was not being used as much on Sunday. But still, these are two names that they're boomer bust type of players because obviously next week Jonathan Taylor can come out and lead the whole backfield in carries and catches. But like I said, you're adding guys to get spot wins. And if you need that this week, this is be two options for you at running back. And then last, I got DJ Dallas here. He's 12% owned, and he had a good game on Sunday. If you were able to immersely play him and, and pivot to him, he had 18 carries for 41 yards and a touchdown. Then he added five receptions for 17 yards and a touchdown. So if Chris Carson is out and if Carlos Hyde is out, G- DJ Dallas is a guy that you can play. They like The Seahawks like featuring the running back. This is a guy that you can play and hopefully continue to do well if he gets the opportunities. But obviously, if Chris Carson or Carlos Hyde is out, you can't play DJ Dallas. So... Um, as far as right now, you should be able to play them, you know, because there's no indication that these guys are being back, will be back for week nine. So, you know, don't put in a lot of fab for them. Just try to add them to your roster just in case. And if, if they, if Chris Carson and Hyde come back, then you just drop them, but just don't, don't pay a lot of, of, of fab for this guy. And then going on to the wide receiver position, a lot of names here. I'm going to start off with Mike Williams. Mike Williams is 42% owned. He had a great game on Sundays. He was five for 99 and a touchdown. He had eight targets. I think we're starting to see him get a little more healthier, which is good news for Justin Herbert. Um, so now you have Keenan Allen on one side, and then you have Mike Williams on the other. So I think that uh, this is a guy that you could could add. Now, it's very volatile with him sometimes, but I do want to see more consistency from Mike Williams. But he's definitely a guy that you should add to your roster. And then next, I got Jalen Rager. This is a guy that I mentioned last week, the guy that you should add on your roster for free. If you're able to do that, good for you, because I knew that once he was going to be active, he was going to be implemented to the offense. He was going to be targeted. You know, he did have three three receptions for 16 yards and a touchdown. He has six targets. So that's good news for his very first game. So if you're able to get him on your roster before this week, kudos to you. But I think Jalen Rager needs to be added. And then Sterling Shepard had a good game on Monday night. 
you know, he had eight targets or he had 10 targets, but he had eight receptions for 74 yards. So he's owning 49% of leagues. He was a guy that I was mentioned last week as well. So if you're able to get him last week, good for you. But, you know, I always try to look at guys that have avail- you know, availability to them in majority of leagues, and he was still 49% only owned. And then this is a guy that people, a lot of people dropped, and now he could be out there in the waiver wire. I kept him on my, on my IR. He was too valuable for me to drop, especially when you have an IR spot. It's easy just to keep guys on your IR. And that's Alan Lazard. He's now only 29% owned, but if you saw what Alan Lazard did before his injury, he was a very good wide receiver. He was the number two for the Packers. I, de- I think that you're desperately needing him back. Now, I know there's some talks about Will Fuller at the Packers maybe being traded there. But obviously, if that happens, Alan Lazard's, you know, obviously his his upside goes down. But as of right now, I think Alan Lazard is a guy that you could add to your roster for free because he's still on IR. He is trying to practice a little bit. So a lot of people are probably overlooking him based on him having that IR designation still. But I do think like Alan Lazard is a sneaky pickup. And then... For the Detroit Lions, this is this is going to be interesting to see what happens because we saw Kenny Galladay. He's going to be week-to-week based on his hip injury. But then we saw that Mohamed Sanu was going to be visiting the Lions to try to make the team and be, on, and be active on that roster, which tells me that Kenny Galladay may not be good to go for a few weeks. So these two guys, I have Marvin Jones and Marvin Hall both on this list. Uh, you know, Austin Marvin Jones is as fifty four percent owned. He had a good game. He had three three receptions for thirty nine yards and two touchdowns. He had seven targets. Now Marvin Hall, he had more of the yardage. He had four receptions for one hundred and thirteen yards and on seven targets as well. So I do think this is two guys based on the ownership in your league. If these two guys are available in your league, I'm going for Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones over Marvin Hall. But I, I do think based on the Kenny Galladay injury, I do think these are two guys that you need to add. And then going to Curtis Samuel, now this is a guy that I'm not putting a lot of importance on because Christian McCaffrey is supposed to be coming back. And what we saw on on Thursday night that you saw that you know Curtis Samuel was a guy that was being used in the back. He had a rushing touchdown, then he had a passing touchdown. But the problem is you still got DJ Moore, you still got Robbie Anderson. So I don't know how they're going to utilize you know Curtis Samuel once Christian McCaffrey comes back. But he's a guy that you can try to you know. Is a you know hit or miss, high risk, high reward. Maybe he's a guy that does something, but I don't see him being that that type of player once Christian McCaffrey comes back into that lineup. And then next, I'm going to uh, bring up Kendrick Bourne. Now, Kendrick Bourne, he is only one percent owned, and he had a good game. He had eight receptions for 81 yards and and t- on 10 targets. So we know that Brandon Ayuk was the main guy once Debo Samuel went out. But Kendrick Bourne is still a good number two. Now, obviously, this all changes with with Nick Mullins being the quarterback right now. We don't know exactly how that's going to play out. But I do think that he should be added if you really need wide receiver help. And then next on my list, I got Jacoby Myers of the New England Patriots. He's another guy who's only 1% owned, but he does play the Jets on Monday Night Football. And he did have six receptions for 58 yards on 10 targets on Sunday. And, you know, Cam Newton needs somebody to throw to. There's nobody there. So this is a this is an ad based on opportunity and target share. So he's a guy that I'm just going to maybe put in a, he's not like high on my priority, but it depends on your roster structure and what you desperately need. But I do think that he could have some consideration based on the volume. And then I added Corey Davis to this because Corey Davis, you know, he's starting to emerge as a good number two. Now, Adam Humphreys is out. So it allowed him to, you know, shine on Sunday. 
They go into Chicago, which is a tough matchup, especially for A.J. Brown. So Corey Davis may be able to benefit from that. But the the Bears are so stingy on the defensive side of the ball that it's hard to, to trust a guy like Corey Davis against his defense. But those are all the wide receivers. A lot of names, but hopefully they're available in the majority of your leagues. And then going on to tight end, the number one guy on my list is Dallas Goddard. So he's owned 40% of leagues. Didn't have a very good, you know, game on Sunday. He's only had one target for one reception in 15 yards. But I do think that the more he gets into football shape, obviously, he, you know, Zach Ertz not being there, you're going to see Dallas Goddard be the guy that they're going to throw to. He has a great, great schedule going forward, a great playoff schedule. So I do think this could be a surprising guy who helps win you fantasy leagues. And then next is Eric Ebron. You know, Eric Ebron, he's 48% owned. You know, he had four receptions for 48 yards and a touchdown on five targets. Now, Eric Ebron is very volatile. He's a guy that is hard to trust. There's so many weapons in Pittsburgh. It's hard to determine who's going to be that guy. But he definitely should be added, especially if you're a guy who just lost George Kittle. It could be a guy that you could go for. But um, definitely a guy that I, it's hard for me to trust. Um, and then next, I got Jordan Reed. So if you remember when George Kittle missed some time early in the year and Jordan Reed was healthy, he was actually not too bad. So Jordan Reed may be a guy that, you know, he's coming back from injury again. He may be available. So he may not be a guy that you can play right now, but he's definitely somebody you could add and hopefully have for the rest of the season. But I think Jordan Reed should be a good add. And then next is Trey Burton and Jack Doyle. So they're both, even though they've been on the waiver wire show for the last couple of weeks, their ownership has really not gone up. I mean, you know, Trey Burton is 10% owned and Jack Doyle is only 7% owned. Now, Jack Doyle had the touchdown on Sunday, but this is a tight end group that I don't want to, I don't want to touch. I say these names so you guys have some options, but, you know, Trey Burton, you got Molly Cox, and then you got Jack Doyle. There's just too many tight ends to try to figure out who's going to be the guy that you want to play. You know, I do think that Trey Burton has the most upside because he's the most athletic and he played with Frank Wright in Philadelphia, but really not sure exactly, you know, how I would trust that, that tight end position for the Colts. And then my last tight end is Austin Hooper. I had mentioned in the beginning of the podcast that he should be back in week 10 against the Texans. So he could be a guy that you don't need really need to add now, but he could be a free add if you just need to have some depth. But Austin Hooper is another guy that you can add. Now going into some defensive streamers for week nine, there's a lot of player, a lot of teams on this list that I, I had put on my list, but I think they're good options. I do think that the Patriots are versus the Jets. That's a, a streamable option. I do think that a lot of a lot of fantasy owners dropped the, the Patriots because they're just not the Patriots of last year. They're missing so many people due to COVID. Stephon Gilmore didn't play last week. He's in. He may be traded too. So this defense may look a lot different come next week and going on through the season. So may not be a team that you can really even play. But they're playing against the Jets. They're the worst team in the league. It's a division game. I want to trust Bill Belichick that he won't get embarrassed by the Jets. So I do think the Patriots could have a good game. And then I have the Giants versus Washington. I think that's a good streaming option. And on the flip side, I do think that Washington versus the Giants is a good streaming option just based on the bad quarterback play and the bad offenses in general. I do think the Texans have a sneaky good play this week going against a rookie quarterback with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I think that's a decent you know play. Then I got the Chiefs versus the Panthers. Uh, you know the, the, the Panthers have been struggling on offense a little bit. And I think the Chiefs defense is starting to become more unified. So I think that this is a a team that is being overlooked on having a good defense. But I do think that this could be a decent play as well. And then 
This might be a gross pick, but I do think playing the Packers versus the 49ers could be a decent pick only because the 49ers are just decimated on offense. I mean, you're you're missing Kittle now, Jimmy G. You're missing Debo Samuel, Raheem Mostert. You're missing Tevin Coleman. You're missing Jeff Wilson Jr. So don't know exactly what they're going to be able to do on offense, but I do think that you know the Packers could have a decent game against them on Thursday night. So just options out there just in case some of these teams are not available. So that's all my waiver wire pickups for week nine. I hope that was very helpful. Um, it's just, it's a lot of names to try to go through, but they're just, I want to put these names out there. So you guys have a good idea on who to grab. Now, obviously it all depends on what fab budget is. A lot of these names, honestly, they're not names that, I mean, I think the wide receivers are the ones that I would spend a lot more of the fab on because we know that Mike Williams has the opportunities. We know Jalen Rager is going to have increased opportunity. Uh, Sterling Shepard, I think, even though there's Darius Slate in there, I think Sterling Shepard is a safe pickup. And Alan Lazard, you know, based on what happens on the trade deadline, you know, we don't know anything until later on today about who's going to be traded, if any trades happen. But if Will Fuller goes to the Packers, Alan Lazard is off my radar. But I do think, you know, Marvin Jones, he steps up and he, you know, he could be the guy that actually has a, a good fancy season from here on out, as long as Kenny Galladay is out. But you know, these are guys that, you know, some of these guys are just plug and plays for one week. You know, you're on bye weeks, you know, week, you know, bye weeks are done after week 13. So, you know, it's just, just names to kind of consider just based on what your needs are. I mean, I think honestly, tight end, if there was Dallas Goddard and Eric Ebron, I think those are two guys that I would go after because, you know, tight end has been so bad this year. Um, so it's just nice to be able to have some guys that you know are in a good offense and then have the opportunities and the targets. So you always want to see what the target share is going to be for some of these tight ends. And like I said, when it comes to the Colts and Trey Burton and, and Jack Doyle, it's just hard to determine that. So I'm not really looking to add anybody on that, you know, offense when it comes to tight end. But but that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for watching on YouTube. You know, please like, comment and share. You know, it really means a lot when you guys hit subscribe and you support the show. It just gives me more more passion to continue to to bring out content for you guys. So I really appreciate it. And on Thursday's episode, I'll be previewing the Thursday night football game, the Packers versus the 49ers. Um, and if you like to follow us on social media, you can find us over on Facebook and Twitter at the Great Iron Pod. You can find us over on Instagram at Great Iron Fantasy Football. So that's it for today's episode, and we'll see you on Thursday. Take care. Yeah.